Sometimes our imaginations are captured by the possibility of alternative explanations. Join me as we explore the historical events and public state of mind that influenced the appeal and popularity of the most enduring alternative theories out there. I'm Ryan Nelson, and welcome to Conspiracy Theoryology. Welcome back, theoryologists. All right. <laughs> the world is still on fire. Things are crazy. And I have Scott Compton again with me because one episode was not enough to make sense of all of this. It was one thing to have a conversation uh, about one little aspect, you know, that I honed in on a month ago of, of the false flags and thinking, well, that's an interesting conversation to have over a, a, a regional event that might occur. And then mm. it's, it's expanded so much more than that. Um, so, you know, Scott, thanks for joining me again. Hey, thanks for having me back. Really. I mean, I, I, I love talking about this cause it's, it's very impactful and important in what we're, what we, what we see going on unfolding before our, our lives, every like, Every 15 minutes, things are changing. Like I, I keep hearing so many different things throughout the day uh, through different, you know, different sources. But man, it is craziness right now. And thanks, I'm, I'm glad we can continue the conversation from uh, what was that about a week and a half ago? Yeah, just about, just roughly. About. Yeah, and I mean, we were ready to start talking more of it by, you know, again, the time we were done recording. <laughs> the, uh, the story had evolved. Um, yeah. And I think most, everybody has to be doing that. You know, they, taking in breaks, they're pausing and checking uh, news just to find out what's going on. Uh, and, and I mean, in context of everything going on, uh, I, I guess it's hard for people to just zone in on a thing. I mean, we've got... We've got the economy all over the place, right? And we've got this going on. Um, it's been a, a nice distraction for DC and for the corporate media. They haven't had to pay any attention to the convoy in DC. They haven't had to, uh, you know, wait, pay wait. There's a convoy in DC. There's a convoy <laughs> in DC. Yeah, who knew? Like I was, I was thinking the same thing today. I'm like, how come we have not heard one word? Not one word in the last week about what's going on in D.C. And I know it, it ended up being a lot smaller uh, situation than what they did in Canada. But still, not a word. Nothing. They, not, they not did. Not one and, single and, thing. You know, and, and however anybody wants to spin it, you know, there was a strategy that these organizers took. Um, they learned their lesson from, from, from the... Um, the narrative painted around January 6th, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I thought it was still smart. I mean, anybody that's been to DC knows that if you go and you start filling up the beltway, which is a pretty large circumference, you know, around Washington, mm -hmm. DC, that you will impact things. You will get noticed. You will make your point. And you don't have to try to go through and navigate 
and, and fill up 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. You just don't need to do that. You don't need to go fill up tw- K Street and, and and do that. I mean, at that point, right. that be, that's where the chaos starts and you lose your message. Yeah, and I, I still go back to my original thought even uh, during the Canadian thing. I'm like, well, why, why did they have to go and be on location? They, they, it could have been just as effective by just shutting down. Like, like you, you, you could, you could go somewhere and and make a presence, or you could not, not go there at all and still make an impact on on the um, supply chain and, and really make a statement. Hey, look, we're important. This is what's going on. But I like, we're already on a different, a different we are, we tangent. Oh, but, but that- so, so wait, 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 we, I, I dude, I don't even know where to start with the changes from our, the last time we spoke uh, a week and a half ago. I, I can't even begin to imagine where we can like start in the Russian Ukraine uh, conflict. I mean, right. it, it it's crazy how much has changed. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Oh, like, so so to that thought, ahead. I did. Yeah. I, I was sitting down thinking, I don't know what we could address aside from just having a discuss, you know, a rambling discussion or trying to mm-hmm. cover specific news. So, mm-hmm. so like uh, we were talking about before recording, I've, I've come up with a bit of a taken some notes, done a bit of an outline because I think there's some key areas of the conversation um, that could be had. Different aspects of this that mm-hmm. just to me don't make any sense, and and I think for others trying to think through this uh, that that it would be good to bounce off. I need, I need some mm-hmm. perspective on this. And I think uh, these are things that the people need perspective. You know, big categories is wh- why is this executing the way it is? You know, why is what's Russia's strategy, the Ukraine strategy, the NATO strategy? What there's something weird about all this in terms of how it's being executed. And of course, versus the narrative. But then, then the other area is, I think it's having to remind people the the discussion of what propaganda is in that fog of war. Um, I've yet to hear any real news out of Ukraine, and and I've got plenty of examples, and so I want to toss those, toss those off. Okay. And uh, and then there's some other issues, namely the aspect of escalation, because. It, there's some key points or some key areas where escalation is about to occur. And I'm, I'm really curious because I'm surprised at where it's coming from. So uh, really here, let me, let's walk through some of the facts that have happened in the last week and a half, two weeks, <laughs> okay. right? Since this okay. all started, okay. yeah. <laughs> right? They invaded what? February 24th. Okay. And so it's been since then. And we're now sitting on, you know, we're recording on March 9th. So that's the, that's our time frame that we're looking at. In that time frame, we covered everything we talked about last time. We had the invasion. Um, you know, there was uh, the terms of surrender put out there by Russia. There was the strange escalation by the West 
you know, lots of lines drawn in the sand. But since then, in that time frame, there's some interesting things that have occurred. Russia, uh, especially in their first like two weeks push, never exhibited any sort of air superiority during this time frame, which has allowed yeah. Ukraine to continue to fly. Um, and that and that matters because of more current news that's gone on. Um, and that's and the reason I say it's odd is it's in contrast to the Russia Georgia conflict from 2008 that was that's known as the five day war, mm-hmm. and that's how you execute a, an invasion, um, right, wrong, or different str- you know strategy right. wise. No, that's from, how you do from, it. From, yeah, from from a uh, like a general's point of view. Uh, you know, a a militaristic strategic standpoint that that was the way if you wanted to do that, hypothetically, that'd be the way to do it. And yeah, so. Yeah. And, yeah. It, it, it's not it's not going so so smoothly this time, though. Yeah. And, and maybe we do that. Maybe we can take off on that conversation first and just I can get your thoughts and working through these, because that's that's one of the things that really bugs me. I've asked others too, on this, in this convert about this, is that Russia, (laughs) some facts easy to find online, Russia has about 1,500 planes Mm. available um, across their armed services. Ukraine has 90. 90. (laughs) So, air superiority within the first, like, three hours, uh, Ukraine should not have been able to fly whatsoever. Right. Right. Air superiority would be established in Georgia when Russia uh, uh, invaded Georgia. Um, within five days, they were up, they were at the capital and working on terms of of surrender. They had mobilized, established air superiority. You know um, uh, what do they call them? Surgical strikes and had just. They'd ended the war within a week before anybody had time to get fully upset around the globe on this. Um, now this is this 2008, you said, right? It's 2008. This, right, yeah, I, I I know it was a while ago. I, I don't always remember the dates. Yeah, but so, so 2008. Take a look at um, you you can look at this from a social media standpoint too, because think about think about the uh, spread of information in 2008 versus 2022. So you've got it, it may have been a five day war because nobody knew that it was even like it, it very, very uh, a, a much smaller percentage of the general world population wasn't even aware of what was going on. It yeah, happened absolutely. so fast. And, but now, you, I mean, we've been, we were being told that this was going to happen through either social media or the news. They were ahead of the game a little bit. But now this this was I mean as soon as something changes, it's on some kind of social media even and I, I, which I don't understand because I, I thought social media was kind of shut down in Russia. I don't know what's going on with Ukraine's uh, social media. Uh, oh, like they have their 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 availability of, of the social media. I'm seeing interviews and pictures and stuff. So somebody's there talking somewhere. Uh, they have Starlink now. Oh, that's right. And they have Starlink. Wow. Yeah. That uh, what an amazing uh 
a thing for Elon Musk to <laughs> go yeah. ahead and supply to them. Uh, I, I, I think he just like is offering it freely. I mean, yes. Yes. That's how much, was, that's how much money they got. <laughs> I, I forgot that's what that crazy. time is. And, and I mean, you know, yeah. granted it's, it's opportunity. He, he could get that stage and in position and set up a country with access. Um, it'll turn into marketing material down the road. I do right. think that in this case, with the stance he's taken on stuff, it was it, based in good intentions. He's also been, uh, been quick to say that he's, uh, you know, they're not cutting off services to Russia either. He's just making sure uh-huh. that people are provided for, you know, in, in terms right. of those means. So, um, so yeah, he did. He mobilized Starlink. And I don't know what the infrastructure was like beforehand. I don't know how uh, much damage the infrastructure has taken. Uh, and I really don't. I, I really... Right. Have like a- how, how many people had like high-speed internet all the time, the way we do here? I mean, right. they say that there are some parts of our country even uh, that don't have access to high-speed internet, which I find extremely hard to believe considering... Uh, phone service coverage is everywhere and that's all you know like they're even doing away with 3g altogether as far as at&t is concerned they're not even supporting that platform anymore or that level of um uh yeah speed. network you know, you know what i mean yeah. yeah yeah and so i can't imagine that being here we don't have some you know some form of high-speed internet was but you hear that on the media Oh, we're trying to get every, you know, infrastructure. We're trying to get everybody to get high-speed internet. But uh, by comparison to, like, uh, countries around the world, I, I don't know. I don't know what their, what Ukraine's uh, internet infrastructure was like beforehand. Right. So Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, but I would imagine in the metropolitan areas, you know, that yeah, you coverage would, you is would think there. there. Yeah, you would think that. Uh, definitely. I mean... But that's inter- you know it's the interesting aspect because you bring up that I mean we're we're separated from that uh, scenario by by twelve years, right? Um, it's well, yeah, fourteen, fourteen, <laughs> yeah, Do fourteen so, years. <clears throat> so, wow. but it's 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 a very similar situation. Georgia was interested in courting NATO membership, right? Um, there was now there was a uh, the the uh, the after review a UN assessment of the conflict did determine that yeah. uh, Russia was provoked. Georgia did attack first in that scenario. Right. I don't know what the level of attack was, um, but it's it's similar. You know, pro-Russian uh, regions of of Georgia um, and uh, had been have been attacked or quelled, considered provocation. Russia invades. Russia invades the way, say, the U.S. has approached the Middle East, Iraq, the way yeah. uh, the uh, uh, coalition approached Afghanistan. You know, it was ground and air superiority, just overwhelming force. Russia, I mean, you, you're going you're gonna to go all the way back to shock and awe. Right. Yeah, it's back to the shock and awe discussion. Right. Mm-hmm. And this hasn't happened. It's it's interesting, and and the fact that Russian now maybe they didn't see um, the the any 
air dominance is necessary, but it's odd. It's, um, it's been one of the reasons that it has been protracted immediately. It's one of those reasons that allowed Ukraine to communicate and to, it, it's almost as though they were making sure people had time to flee, had time to communicate and to get out. It, it, it's a very non-aggressive, um, posture, in my opinion, to completely leave out, not completely, but to greatly diminish your air assault. Um, you know, I've talked to some retired Air Force and it's, it's a, actually something that's, that's a matter of discussion in groups, you know, face groups, face group, book groups and such. They're trying to assess why, why did Russia not utilize, uh, air power? Because, I mean, <clears throat> they've had a powerful air force for a long time. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we mentioned a few, uh, retro movies in the last yeah. show. Yeah. And I'm going to bring up another one. It, Top Gun, right? They were there. This was a Russian conflict air wise. And they were, you know, you can't pull a 2G dive, you know, negative five <laughs> dive on a MiG 28 at, you know, 700 miles an hour. I don't remember, you know, I was just right. like throwing that totally out there. But, th you know, that was what they're talking about. It was a MiG, you know, it was a, it was a Russian aircraft and that they, they had this, this, uh, they already had this kind of a, uh, a mindset of their air force was very powerful and it could compete with our air force. And, uh, it, when you brought up those numbers that Ukraine has 90, uh, aircraft versus Russia's 1500. And then this, this brings up the, the, we have to go to the Poland, uh, situation where just yesterday, uh, I believe it was Blinken, wait, either yesterday or the day before it was Blinken that said, Oh yeah, we'd give the green light to, you know, sending Polish aircraft to Ukraine to help defend against, uh, defend against Russia. But today, now, now the U.S. is, the, the Pentagon is saying that, no, we don't want any planes going to Poland or from Poland to the Ukraine. So, I mean. So there's been some very interesting assessments on that. Um, and it amounts to Poland calling our bluff and it, it showing some <laughs> wow. cracks in NATO. Interesting because this was, oh. a, that was Blinken. This is a state department position, right? Where he right. came out and said that, yes, there's this possibility uh, and probability for, for Polish aircraft, the MiG 29s in the Polish fleet to be provided mm -hmm. to Ukraine. This apparently was not agreed to because very specifically, Putin had said, anybody that provides air support, you know, or staging for air support mm -hmm. to the Ukraine um, will be considered, uh, you know, that will be considered hostile action. Yeah, um, it's an act, like basically an act of war. An act of war, exactly. Yep. And so this was apparently not something that the, the, the DOD or NATO members were supportive of. And... And yet the State Department comes out and says this as though perhaps maybe to, to provide, to cause social pressure on Poland. So 
Poland calls our bluff and says, wonderful, we will turn over our entire fleet of MiGs to uh, Ramstein, to the U.S., and they yeah. can stage out of there. So at this point, you know, flash forwarding uh, to, to current date, there are all of the airfields in the Ukraine where they could uh, stage uh, mm. these planes out of have now been uh, damaged, right? Decommissioned uh, yeah, to been. some degree. Right. So they would have <laughs> to be flown out of um, – they would have had to have been flown out of Poland – you know, and so which is NATO, which is a NATO nation, and that would be yeah. that would be a an act by all of NATO because if you do, you know like what NATO's one of NATO's you know taglines is you know you you attack one you attack all exactly. so it it goes the other way too if one attacks non non NATO that means all of NATO should theoretically be behind that attack correct exactly. Absolutely. It still seems like it, it's the same situation if uh, if they're handed over to the U.S. and the U.S. were the ones to be uh, allowing the staging of these crap, mm-hmm. even if it's even if it's Ukrainian pilots out of right. out of Ramstein, um, then it's on the U.S. So Poland turns that over, throws the ball in our court. And I, when that when I heard about that announcement, I did. I, I mean, I, I posted on on Twitter. I said, I said the opportunity the opportunity to avoid es- escalation is in the hands of the U.S. and NATO right now. Do not send MIGs. You know, it's one thing to say you are sending defensive weapons such as uh, anti aircraft or, or anti tank. You know, stingers and all that stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Bullets. <laughs> it's another thing to say, you know what? We're hooking you up with planes, um, right. and uh, and providing offensive capability. Uh, so they did. It, the U.S. The U.S. said, no, 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 we, we, no, no, no. We were just kidding. We we're not we're not going to accept them. So they've officially rejected, and uh, they're trying to toss the ball back to Poland. Um, you know, the truth is, in my mind, this is one of those indicators that this really is uh, the West is just using this as a propaganda war. They're not they're not interested in stopping this. Russia's not that interested in escalating either. Um, no one's interested in escalating. It's just a lot of talk. And unfortunately, stuck in the middle right now is is Ukrainians. uh Russian citizens, uh, uh, EU citizens, because, you know, of course, we're playing games with sanctions right now. So everybody's cutting off everybody of various mm-hmm. things. Um, but but that's a, a, a very visible point to it is this uh, this just complete turnabout tactic of of error, you know, air superiority. No one's mm-hmm. using it. The U.S. doesn't want to uh, establish a no-fly zone. Russia doesn't want to establish uh, air superiority. Um, Ukraine doesn't really want to get into uh, dogfights. They want a no-fly zone established. They want mm. the, the you know NATO. They want to pull NATO into this. Um, NATO's already in this. You know that Ukraine would not have have put up the fight that they've been able to put up had. They not received 
half the stuff that they've received over the last two months. Um, so let me can jump in here for a second of something else that I heard today, just earlier this afternoon, that uh, Zelensky's starting to backpedal and say that he's up for not joining NATO, that it's it's on the table to uh, to not being part of NATO now. So I think and that that's was like I, I'm very confused by that because you know he's been a he's been a, a hard ass for the last two weeks, but suddenly now oh okay it is on the table. Is he realizing that he is uh, he can't win this war? But then I see other reports where you know they're they're saying that oh it's not as easy for for Russia to to jump in and take over Ukraine as they thought it would be, and that they're struggling. So I, I, I'm still, I don't even know who to believe anymore because we get, it's like, a, you know, last show, spin doctors, here we go. So I, I think Zelensky is just simply, t he's changing his position in line with, because like two days before he says this, this position, mm -hmm. uh, the German uh, NATO representative, mm -hmm. so Germany came out and said uh, NATO's off the table. For Ukraine, that's not going to happen. Okay. It's just not going to okay. happen. I, I, I missed that. Yeah, I didn't catch yeah. That. I, I happened to catch that as a headline, and it you know it explains everything. That's <clears throat> that's what NATO's doing. They're they're sitting there going, we weren't going to give them that in the first place. One of the requirements of NATO membership is full control of your borders. Uh, mm -hmm. The Donbas region is a perfect example mm -hmm. of saying you don't you don't meet that criteria yet. There, it's not right. going to happen. So it certainly wasn't going to happen anytime soon. And now uh, chances are it's off the table entirely. So I think Zelensky is finally just simply letting go of that that um, uh, lost cause. Um, but, you know, that goes into another issue is Russia's terms have not changed through all of this. He, mm -hmm. Putin came out again. And reaffirm because, of course, the negotiations have been ongoing, and his stance was the same. They said uh, neutrality, Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, the more specific constitutional neutrality. So they have to write into their constitution that it will remain a, mm -hmm. a neutral area, um, meaning no NATO, no other big right. alliance. I imagine that doesn't wouldn't impact trade, but they're talking about defensive alliances, military alliances. Right. Um, and then uh, recognition of Crimea as part of Russia. Mm -hmm. And then recognition of the uh, Donbass region republics as independent republics. Um, not as members of Russia, but as independent republics. Those are the three terms. That's what he outlined at the beginning. He stuck to them. And he said that the fight would stop. I, let me let me get your thoughts on this because I had my opinion on this was, um, you know, either he's being honest or he's he's not. And the easiest way, <laughs> yeah. to, right? Hmm. The easiest way to do that is to call his bluff. Come through. Zelensky needs to come forward and say, okay, we're going to agree to the terms. Crimea, hmm. Crimea has is is under Russian control, they actually had had voted and approached Russia anyway to uh, to separate and to join Russia. 
will recognize the uh, 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 Donetsk re uh, Republic and the Luhansk Republic, mm -hmm. and we will write into our constitution we will not join NATO. Now, I think they could reasonably come back and say, and Russia, you have to agree that you will not uh, annex and uh, and join in the uh, the new republics as part of Russia. Right, like they have right. to and, if if Russia I, wants I, their buffer zone, Ukraine wants their buffer zone, and we're going to consider East Ukraine as part of that. What happens to the rest of Ukraine, though? Because I, I mean, so if, if let's say Zelensky backs down, right, mm -hmm. and, and and decides to basically concede to Putin and, you know, the, the, the two regions get independent, become independent republics. Uh, but then is Zelensky still going to be president or whatever his title is of the rest of the region? Is it, is what the, do they just de-escalate altogether? I, that's why that's, I don't know enough about war history. <laughs> no, that's, that's uh, my understanding. That's the, those are the terms is that, Russia withdraws. They mm -hmm. withdraw back to their borders, um, and there's no there's no request for Zelensky to step down. There's no request for any sort of restructuring of the of Ukrainian government, um, mm -hmm. and so that's a quick way, like I said, to call a bluff. If they agree to it, they have themselves a, a you know a, a large conference, and France, Germany. Poland, the U.S., the U.K. Let everybody get there. Let everybody sign, pat each other on the back. Diplomacy wins, right? Mm -hmm. We've come to an acceptable, and Russia has like a week to completely withdraw their troops. And that's it. And they yeah. better be out. Or if they're bluffing, if Russia fully intended on occupying Ukraine. Like all of Ukraine. Well, they're yeah, they're already in that situation. It, it just means yeah, they won't I, move, and the treaty's void, right? Right, um, right. And nothing changes. But then, then there's conclusive proof. But that's the narrative doesn't need conclusive proof, right? What what we need is the narrative that the evil empire has returned, that Russia wants um, to expand, wants to take over Ukraine, and we can't give them the opportunity to prove otherwise. Because, you know, that might mess up the narrative if he does. Um, but Zelensky's throwing that off the table. I mean, because he said, we're not going to budge with territory. Crimea is Ukraine. Donbass is Ukraine. And um, and he said, and we're not interested in joining NATO because they're not going to let us in anyway. So we're still at the non-starter. But I mean, am I, am I completely off base with saying it's worth trying the that angle yeah no i don't think you're off base i think i don't know man there's <laughs> every day that goes by i i have new thoughts and in in how much bigger this picture actually is i feel like we're zoomed in on on this and i and we talked about this last time that i felt like it was kind of a distraction of other things that are going on in the world uh, but I, I don't, 
Ah, jeez. I I don't know. I don't know where this is going because, like, when we talked last time, we said, "Oh, you know, we had talked on the phone a day or two previous to recording our show, and in twenty four thirty six hours, it had changed. And now here we are, a week and a half later, and things are completely different. And there are so many things at play now that you start to question, like we briefly last time brought up China and Taiwan. And I don't know about you, but I feel like this gives China the green light. If, if, if Zelensky backs down and Ukraine folds to Russia's uh, needs or, or Putin's, you know, what he wants and what's stopping, um, uh, I, I can't say his name, Ping, Xi Jinping, oh, yeah, Xi Jinping. Uh, from China. I, I, what's stopping him from doing the same thing and just allowing, because I, I, I don't know what NATO countries would even be backing up Taiwan at that point. It's well, that's the key, right? So there's not, <laughs> there's not a NATO in the Pacific. Now China right. is spinning that angle. They're already going to. They've they've already come out and stated that the U.S. needs to quit this effort to create uh, a, a defense treaty organization that it like it seems to be going. I mean, we're, we already have this defensive relationship, Japan, uh, Australia, uh, South Korea. Uh, we do have somewhat of a relationship with India in that regard when it comes to China. And um, <clears throat> but a formal a formal treaty that would be the that's China's position is that you know Taiwan um, they haven't even recognized Taiwan's as far as the Chinese concerned aren't a recognized country it's just part of China uh, so <laughs> yeah. you know, that's that's the difference I, did did you see the, the John Cena apology yes yes that was just that that I, I, I'm sorry that was pathetic. That that just shows that he's all about money and that he doesn't really care. Yeah, well, you know, honestly, yeah. Dis Disney's that, not going to allow us to to <laughs> go to war with China either. I mean, right? You know, there's the the uh, anything out of Hollywood that has a big box office has a bigger box office in China for the most part, right? And right. it's 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 just it's just not going to happen. Um, but yes, China is certainly playing off the sentiment. And so that is a concern uh, because I, my understanding is we wouldn't be capable of a two front war anyway. So yeah, they're using oh, no, this. No, 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 not in this era. Not, no. not, not the, not in the situation that our uh, military is in anymore. I mean, you compare it to what we had in the, you know, in the forties, thirties and forties, well, forties uh, and our, just uh, first of all, the manpower, and then I—I I know that we've come a long way as far as uh, machine, you know, machinery and, and weaponry and all that stuff. But still, I, I don't think we have the same impact on the world militaris militaristically. <laughs> that's a long word uh, that we did in in that era i i agree we could not fight two fronts if we had to actually go to physical war um so yeah yeah part of the issue part of the challenge i see here is that 
we don't have there's no real news coming out of Ukraine. I still don't know what the actual situation is. I was mm-hmm. trying to list down the information we actually have given, right? The big things that, that have been followed on the news. So we had our ghost of, of Kiev, which oh, yeah, was yeah. right, mm-hmm. which was an urban legend. It's a good urban legend. It's great. It's wartime yeah. propaganda. We had the Snake Island surrender. <laughs> right? Yeah. We, well, they're we had, all dead. No, yeah, they're not. They're they're either all dead or they're <laughs> captured. But but they mm-hmm. certainly weren't out there holding the line. Um, we had the beauty queen uh, uh, getting right. armored up right in with her airsoft gun. <laughs> yeah, it's an airsoft pellet gun, right? We have is that the, what the picture was? I didn't catch yes, that. I didn't, yes, I didn't hear about a that. Photo that shoot, there's a photo <laughs> shoot. There's a photo shoot of her with an airsoft gun. <laughs> Um, and, and she looks great doing it, but, mm, but yeah. I, I, you know, um, we have the Zelensky photo in full battle rattle, right. In full gear, um, that was propped up as him leading the troops. And that's, that's a photo from April of 2021. Are you talking about the meme that's been going around? Yeah. <laughs> like all, like he, he you know, it, the, fr- it, the front, he line, almost looks like Batman. The, he is. <laughs> This is the frontline general Zelensky of him yeah. in full, you know, he's, he's walking out greeting troops. That was apparently from a trip out to the Donbass region because there's been a civil war going on in Ukraine. So for, for several years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's that's from 2021, long before the invasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no current photos of him, obviously, on, on the front line. Uh, again, it's good. It's good propaganda. It's good marketing, um, but it's not it's not information, right? Um, then we've got now we've got the claims here. Some other stuff I wrote down. Mm-hmm. So the uh, <clears throat> Ukraine announced claimed that they had either killed or captured nine thousand Russian troops. Yeah, Russia came back and said, <laughs> ah, "I don't think so." No, it's been about 500. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't, um, I, I get that's blown up a little bit. Yeah. You know, again, that's propaganda either side. But we've also been hearing about how Russia has just been absolutely annihilating, blowing up schools and apartments and just targeting civilians left and right. The UN, which has been very uh, pro Ukraine, they came out, I saw this two days ago. Uh, Their assessment is that 500 Ukraine civilians, Ukrainian civilians, have been killed, that they can verify. Mm -hmm. That includes civilians in the Donbass region, which means Uh, Ukrainians, but Ukrainians fighting for independence that were killed by Ukrainian soldiers. So this 500 isn't even necessarily the Russian kill count. We're talking about just total. So that does not support the idea of open attack, just mm. just unabashed assault um, by by Russian forces. Um, Russia's too busy, you know. Russia's not a not a, a, in, a an innocent victim in all this. Russia's really busy arresting like thirteen thousand protesters in Moscow. So right, you know, they're busy. They're busy. <laughs> Uh, squashing uh, 
self, uh, first amendment freedoms too. Um, so they're not angels, but the, the fact of the matter, this goes back to my question about the lack of overwhelming force being used is if the UN can't say that Ukraine's being decimated, um, and R- Russia's not coming out and saying they're, they're killing our forces. And so we're going to ramp up and escalate. Uh, and Ukraine is just making up numbers. Yes, we've killed tens and th- hundreds of thousands of Russians, you know, <laughs> that have right. invaded us. Um, that list, that's what I've seen in the news. Actual, if you go on to YouTube and you pop on one of like the Kiev uh, live cams, yeah. there's several of those. I mean, I've had it on just playing in the background and it's the most boring television. There's nothing, you know. <clears throat> it, Interesting. Yes. The biggest, ex- most exciting thing was the uh, uh, the nuclear plants. Uh, what was the name of that nuclear plant in the south? The big one. Um, yes. Yes. I, I don't know. I, I, I read it like five times and I still can't pronounce the thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> really? Um, There's a lot of... It's, now, you know, this is significant. It was a significant story because... Um, and, and we've had a, a few of these issues going on mm-hmm. because the, the plant that uh, did experience the fire is right. the, the, apparently the largest nuclear plant um, in, in Europe. Uh, right. and it's substantial. <clears throat> the fire did take place outside of the plant. Yeah. It was uh, like a building that was, yeah, it was, it was near, near the plant. It was a, it, not even a control building. My understanding, it was just a, a an administrative, building. like an admin, admin building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course it's, it's understandably used as, as, that is that is good wartime propaganda. You see a fire, you see footage of a fire at a nuclear plant, and then all you have to do is say Chernobyl, and the world freaks out. You know how dare these monsters cause this, um, r- regardless of the actual risk or not. Which I just saw another blurb about Chernobyl, saying that they lost power. I'm like, but I thought they've been out of power for a long time. Was Chernobyl still? Active. I, yeah, I just had this conversation with someone today because we were okay. wondering the I, same thing. You I'm know, like, wait a minute. How if they lost power? Ch- yeah, I, I don't know. Ch- Chernobyl is not a functioning plant. You know. Yeah. Y- yes, the uh, there's there are facilities that monitor. You know, and they're doing all that stuff. So, understandably, you wouldn't want that. Um, you want that down, you, you know, you'd, you'd want right. that functioning, but, um, but it's not as though something's going to happen at Chernobyl because power is out. Uh, right. Uh, it's just the power is out. It's just that the power is out. The power is out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, that's the kicker. I mean, to call it the Chernobyl nuclear plant as though it's still a, a power plant, you know, right. and that's... <laughs> So, so that's, Uh, that's, and maybe you've heard other stuff, you know, mm. but where I'm trying to follow information, all I'm hearing is 
fake news story after fake news story after fake news story. Yeah. And it's it's propaganda piece after propaganda piece. Again, yes, great. Nothing new. You know, we 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 can go back and look up um uh German propaganda and American propaganda and British we can go back and look at that and understand the 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 value of it during wartime, but uh, it's not information. It's not news. So no, it's a mental game. It, it's it's manipulation, is what it really is. It manipulates the masses. You know, it's um, it, it we don't really get. I don't think we get fed the information. That's I, here. I go again. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say the word one more time. Spin doctors. Uh, really, they. Uh, it's, it's everything that we're being presented to us and everything seems to have this, uh, like you said, the fog of war earlier today. Yeah. That is some murky, murky fog, man. Like it changed for one, it changed, you know, every, every news story changes from one minute to the next. And, you know, they tell us we're not being told all the information they're tell they're telling us they're trying to be as upfront as possible. You know, you got Biden out there saying stuff, you know, about like the gas situation, oil situation, which we could go down a totally different rabbit hole just in just in that thing, considering we only buy eight or ten percent of our oil from them. You know, how hard would it make up? But but then Biden's like, uh, you know, saying certain guarantees or other, other politicians too, not just Biden, but, you know, just in general, what they're telling us is they're, they keep changing the story. And it's, I think they purposefully confuse the general public to bounce back and forth on their beliefs. And that's a, that's how I feel like I'm being treated right now. Uh, I feel like I, I hear one piece of information and I go, Oh, okay. Oh, that makes sense. But then you hear another piece of information. You're like, wait a minute. Okay. That makes sense too. So wh which one is real? What's really going on? And that's that fog of war that yeah. nobody can tell because they're, because especially when you have uh, like Zelensky is, you know, he, he had shut down uh, three other, their uh, TV networks not too long ago. And, and then Russia also shutting down their TV network uh, so that people are learning less and you can't get Netflix. You can't get, you know, they, they've shut down all of the uh, Facebook, Twitter and all that stuff in, in Russia, at least. I don't know about if they did it in Ukraine. I can't remember. I, I keep hearing so many different things. I can't keep it all straight anymore. But if they're closing down social media that people have access to, how, how are they supposed to be truly informed of what's going on minute by minute? Yeah. Yeah. The narrative and it is mm -hmm. the rough count is about 1300 companies that have voluntarily taken their own action to cut whatever business, you know, or services they provide or trade that they uh, conduct with Russia to stop it. So, you know, it was Netflix that decided to pull service from Russia. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's media outlets. Yes, Russia has been. Anytime Russia has banned um, a, a service or company, it has been retaliatory, right? So um, YouTube 
band, uh, uh, Russian Times and mm-hmm. uh, right. RT. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they they banned RT and someone else. I can't remember. Um, and after that, then then Russia has now passed some sort of information bill or act that um, uh, started to control to control misinformation. What's interesting is these new sites <laughs> that claimed to 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 be um, reporting the news immediately stopped because uh, they were scared of, I guess, being accused of um, reporting misinformation. Just just immediately pulled their people, stopped doing. And it, it, it's damaging both ways. We're not getting information from that perspective. Um, in the meantime, I, you know, I, if, I don't know if you've ever seen this on YouTube. There's a... a there's a channel called Dan the Russian Man. No, I haven't and, seen that one. And it's oh yeah, after you watch this, you know, you know full out that I mean, these the, the narrative is true. Russia's the big red scare because Dan the Russian Man comes along and he does things like he has the nerve to try to be learning English, um, to to talk to people on the outside world and. His, okay. his his wife has the goal of wearing a a, a Texas shirt. Um, <laughs> nice, you know that he <laughs> he had the he had the goal to uh, make a a, a video uh, talking about uh, paying his natural gas bill and doing conversions like going from cubic meters uh, and square meter measurements and and cost in rubles to. Uh, going in cubic in square feet and converting to dollars so that his viewers would have a, a an understanding of a comparison. Um, so, you know, clearly his daily life is, is absolute uh, fake news and it's just propaganda to show how normal Russians are. Um, I wonder I, what a know, pair of Levi's goes for. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm being sarcastic, but the, the fact is, you know, you watch this and you're like, okay, this guy's still putting out YouTube content. So, uh, Russia isn't exactly shutting their people up. Um, mm. you know, nor is everybody in Russia beating the drums of war. Um, and yet the West's tactic has been to this economic war that is only affecting the, the, you know, the middle class of Russia. Um, it's interesting. I mean, that goes into while we're talking about all of this stuff that that uh, is is being accused of going on and, and what's happening there and that fog of war scenario. The West is in the process of pirating. So, you know, Europe and, and U.S., they have been um, uh, confiscating right mm-hmm. property. And yeah, I, like the mega yachts. Uh huh. Now, what was interesting is when I came across that it's specifically confiscation. This isn't, they're not freezing assets. They're not simply confiscating uh, a mega yacht or, or freezing bank accounts uh, during this period in order to make it uh, difficult, you know, and, and cause maybe political dissension in, in Russia. We are apparently completely confiscating all of these assets that become now who the, the property of whatever government is confiscating them. They have no intention of returning these assets, apparently. 
Right. Like I believe it was Italy that uh the like one of Putin's right hand man uh his mega yacht was confiscated by Italy. So now I guess Italy owns that yacht. Yeah, that's which, that's you know, okay. You know, all all fair and love things. Right? Strange things, yeah. Right, all's fair in love and war, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> so, so that's the key. I mean, we're, you know, the West went in and killed the ruble. Um, that's not. Oh, dude, ruble. Now, now, that's bad. Like one, uh, not even worth a penny, American now, dollar. The ruble was already only worth about one point two pennies. Oh, really? Like was, a cent okay. and a half. I thought, I thought it, it was a little bit more, but. In the oh, last wow. year, it's it's fluctuated, but I mean it's it's a weak currency, but it's mm. been stable, which you know obviously is what their economy needs. It's not a mm. it's not an extremely strong currency, but it's stable. It, it doesn't go up and down too much. But we I did. Just, we, you just move decimal points around, and it's all the same. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Now, what's interesting is just in the last day, the ruble has recovered all of the value lost since um the uh, end of february right and uh which I, I wonder if just in the last day or so it seems to have have happened where uh oil has bounced back by dropping three percent yeah uh, per barrel just over the last like in the last 24 hours so i'm expecting like i i went to the gas station this morning and paid 419 oh gosh a gallon <laughs> um no wait, you say, "Oh gosh, is that good or bad?" No, that's horrible. Is that higher? That's that's, no, yeah, that's okay. higher than what I've seen here. I mean, I, no wait, don't let me take that back. Is it higher or lower? I don't want to say good or bad because that's true. It's, it's bad no matter which way you look at it. It's so that's higher. It's higher. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, and this is in the the far north suburbs of Tampa where I am, and I was surprised to see four nineteen yesterday. It would actually hit. I think it hit Monday afternoon. I had stopped at somewhere and I looked across the street and at one of the seven elevens it said four nineteen. Now it where at one of the gas stations closer to my house, it was still three ninety nine. But then by the next morning they had gone up to four nineteen as well. Uh but that now I wonder if that three percent drop is gonna show up in the next uh you know 12 to 24 hours as affecting our cost per per gallon. Well, you know, gas so, stations are quick to nope, raise it's, price. it's gone up. It's gone up. Like my local gas station was 419 this morning and now it's 439. It's gone up another I, I can't believe that another 20 cents in in less than 12 hours. Yeah. So, I, and th this now th this is something that I wanted to go into as well. Uh, you know, I I know we wanted to talk about this Russia Ukraine situation, but I want to talk about this uh the gas situation with uh what they're telling us how, you know, oh this is Russia's fault that our gas situation is that high. But like I said before, if we're only getting 8 or 10% of our oil from Russia, why is it having that much of an impact on us immediately? Because if if you think about it, most most gas prices are are not so within hours. Okay, right? Am I right? Yeah. So apparently, one of the issues is that uh, we're not getting of the um, 
between 400,000 to 900,000 barrels that we buy from Russia on a daily basis. That's 10% of our usage. That's our volume. And that's why it's a joke that they released 60 million barrels from the strategic yeah. reserve because we'll eat through that. But um, Well, they said about a day and a half is what that would take. Now, that's total usage. I mean, if you say that yeah. you're, you're needing to supplant 10%, it's a little more than that. Uh, but Right. Um, so apparently, though, bulk oil, right, crude, bulk crude, right, crude. is is um, a, a lower percentage of what we get from Russia. We get a lot of finished, refined product, uh, petroleum mm-hmm. products out of Russia. And that's why it's having an immediate effect. Because and that's we're actually, why they call it the gas station. It, that, it, they've been calling it the ga- you know, a giant gas station, basically. Okay, I got it. Exactly. Because right. I had that same question and came across a discussion on that, that it's, you know, it's one thing that, to just say that, oh, well, that, you know, we've got to supplant our supply for our refineries, you know, like here on the Gulf Coast. Um, but that's not the case. We get a lot of finished product. And so mm-hmm. then to ramp up refining production, uh, in the states is a is a more difficult aspect, um, and, uh, and so that's that's why apparently is is that it's a more immediate impact because we're talking about a finished product, okay. uh, so or that, at least more not, refined. That's interesting the way you bring this up because that's not the way the media has spun it, right? You know they don't they don't talk about refined versus crude. They just say oil. There it's you know per 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 barrel well and, that's, you know, I, that, that's how to discuss it's hard to get i mean <laughs> i've i've worked in oil and gas and i couldn't explain oh, really? okay. it to you beyond um you know trying to get into the aspects of of what you're talking you know what's impacting upstream versus downstream and okay. retail and how that follows that would totally get lost um and and hard to do in a you know, in a, a, a five minute or nine minute segment uh, on right. a news news channel. So, yeah, they talk about oil and it, people just know that buying oil means it magically turns into something you can put in your car, you know, or, <laughs> yeah. or whatever yeah, the no, case that, may be. That, and, yeah, and exactly. people know there, better. They just, that way, yeah. yeah, they just don't know the process. They just know that right. you can turn on your stove and you can run your car and it all comes from the same stuff. Ultimately, it's just kind of totally different. And that's that's not even true, but that that's just it's the whole energy discussion. I mean, we could just jump into energy some point later and just talk a whole show on that game. But oh, totally. But I think the oil prices really do still play into this discussion with with okay. Russia because I do think it's there's a long game happening, mm-hmm. and um, I agree a hundred percent on that. And that's that's part. Obviously, that's what piques my interest is when anything sounds like an an ulterior motive. Um, mm-hmm. And and I mean, you know, we came through and, and killed. I say we, the West, came through and killed Nord Stream two, mm. and everybody was shocked when Russia said, "Well, you know, Nord Stream one, we could turn it off from our end too, <laughs> the one that's already functioning." Yeah, they were like, "What?" Well, yeah, how dare you? But doesn't this turn doesn't this turn into marketing uh, manipulation as well? Like, it, it, 
okay, the 20, the 20 cent increase per gallon from 12, I'm, I'm not kidding what it's, okay, it's eight o'clock tonight. Yeah. Uh, and I literally went to the gas station, not even 12 hours ago. It was about 10 hours ago and I paid 419 a gallon. Now what changed so dramatically in the price of, of barrels that we're getting from Russia to make the, the price fluctuate 20 cents per gallon, which is exponential when you start adding it up, you know, you go to put 20 gallons in your tank. It's a lot more than it was just putting one gallon in your tank. So you all know, the uh, difference wise. So all the gas we're using obviously right now has, mm. has been bought months ago, right? This is that oil's futures thing. So when you're talking about oh, pricing futures. now, okay. right? Okay. Okay. I when, get it. Yeah. when they're talking about the spot price now, they're buying oil that no one's receiving for a period of time. It's just it's just based on uh, they're buying future product, and so we see this with re- we've always seen this right. The moment that oil, um, the the, Do the they market get it through price, Amazon? yeah, right, exactly. That's <laughs> the gas. The gas I'm sorry, car. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. So. So the moment oil prices, the spot price increases, uh, mm. for us, we see that in the retail, okay. even though that gas has already been paid for at whatever previous rate now. But when it comes to coming down, we're going to have to see oil have come back down for a consistent period of time before they will start tapering down the retail prices. And mm. that's just a game. I mean, that's just marketing. That's the public knows oil spikes. Oh, gas is going to go up. Everyone expects it, and no one, no one gets mad at, at the, uh, you know, at their oil at their retailers uh, because they they pull up and they they go to their their local Seven Eleven and, and gas has gone up. Um, Sorry, I thought I heard a siren. Go ahead. But yeah, you know, it- no one does this. No one gets upset when oil comes back down, and they're still paying. For four ten a, a gallon, you know, I went out well, last night at like ten o'clock at night and filled up just to make sure I paid three ninety. So, right, you know, okay, maybe so three ninety in your area. All right, I get yeah, it. Um, yeah. So I'm, yeah. I don't, what, did you check today? Uh, no, I saw it. I saw it. I think it was around. It was. Uh, it was either at three eighty nine. Last night was three eighty nine. Today I think it was three ninety nine. So I think it was right around four bucks. Um, I'll, I'll have to, it'd be interesting to see where it's at, say in the morning, you know? Yeah. This, this is, uh, this is blowing my mind how fast it's, it's going up, but they said that, um, it could be up to $170 a a barrel by the end of the week. So if it's at like, what was it? 130, $135 a barrel a day or two ago. Yeah. If it goes up to another 170 a barrel. And if that directly, uh, immediately, and that's the way it, it seems to be. I know you're, the way you're explaining it seems like it's actually in arrears. You know, they already paid for this and it's, yeah, that's, it's, it's hitting. So that's what is key. it going to be? If that's, if that's really the way it's working, where you're, where they're buying it now at a certain rate, what's it going to be in six months? What's, what are we going to be paying in our, out of our pocket in six months? If it's that far, you know, if it's in arrears, 
I was wondering the same thing because, you know, naturally, I mean, there's threat of there's concern that we're talking 200 to $300. I know, a, you know, a barrel oil. If that's the case, I don't think it's a straight linear impact because that would predict like a 10 to $12 a gallon gas. But like I said, the price at the pump has very little to do with the, the, the current market price. Um, it, and it's more to do with this, like this social expectation and demand. So I think obviously what would happen if we suddenly had $10 ga- uh, gas average in the U S people would immediately stop commuting as much as they can. Vacations would stop, right? Excess, excess driving would stop. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, recreational travel, and uh, there'd be a huge demand for uh, companies to go uh, remote work, and we've already right. So we already have that infrastructure We're in place. For that. So yeah, we prepped for that the last two years. They've been prepping for that. Yeah, so I think you you know, think at that point, it. then your gas station that's suddenly thinking that they're going to be rolling in the dough, um, it would not right. It, usage would just flatten. So I think there's probably a, a diminishing curve, right? A, a, mm-hmm. Some sort okay. of diminishing returns. So I have no idea how to calculate that. I'm sure there's someone out there that would say, but in that case, even though there's that threat of two and $300 oil, I don't see it happening because the moment the price got too hard for the retail user to function, sales dropped down, market demand, and I mean, the, the, the barrel market demand drops. Well, as soon as that happens, you stop getting buyers on that end. And so then the, the spot price would start to drop, you know, that joy of, of, so I think if it peaked on, I mean, we saw it today. I mean, it, where it had peaked above like 125 yesterday, it's back down to 110 is what I'm looking at right now. Oh, okay. So right, that's good. So we already saw a resistance from that. Right. And I'm getting into like this whole market trading aspect of things, but um Yeah, but this 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 has way more impact than just the gas at going to the pump. I mean, that's something that people have brought up in you know in uh news news briefs that I've seen. You know, this affects everything that we everything that we consume. Uh here in, I mean, around the world, really, but you know, us here in this country, I, it's kind of hard to get outside of our own uh, thought process of how we live in this country. You know, prices across the country are all pretty much the same. You know, give or take five or ten percent. Um, but it, it's going to, because if it takes, let's see, it's so. Diesel is going for about just on about five bucks a gallon here, five fifteen or something like that. I think it went up to it's about a buck more per gallon, maybe a little less, maybe about seventy five cents more. Anyway, that because of truckers, you know, yeah. moving product around, that's costing them more. All those prices go up. The all every product, which was uh, so fascinating about the whole trucker convoy in Canada shutting things down, how much power the truckers truly do have. Uh, if they can't afford to run their businesses anymore, which most of them, a very large majority of them are owner operators that go, you know, point A, right. point B. 
uh, and, and if they can't operate, then we're going to be in the same situation that we had talked about earlier, where if they were to go on strike, they just, they could just park their trucks. They're go you know, some of them may have to park their trucks just to and, not because they can't afford it. And this is where I think that this is why the focus on, um, just the, the price of gas, it, it makes for good news, but it's, it's a narrative that's hiding the real issue because the rest of it is market response, right? Gas gets too high. Shipping starts getting too expensive. What happens? Mm -hmm. Alternatives are found. Uh, demand goes way down. And when that demand goes down, then it moves back over into pulling gas prices down because you have too much supply for the demand. All that balance is out. It's hell to go through for, you know, for all of them, everybody in between, in, including mm -hmm. the final consumer. But, but that, that up and down balance will happen because at some point, if it got too high, it would crash its market. I think the real issue here is, is what's happening with, um, when we're talking markets, we're actually talking about the formation of a parallel a global economy. So, <laughs> right. So we're not talking about, you know, here we are, we're banned Russian oil. Um, mm. And yet the ruble strength is back. Russia's not particularly concerned. They're even willing to cut off Europe if they keep up this, the, the, the sanctions shenanigans. Why? Because they have other buyers. Um, the UAE and Saudi Arabia are taking phone calls mm. from Putin. They're not taking yep. phone calls from Biden. Right. We're seeing a severing. The U.S. dollar itself isn't the reserve currency, right? The, the U.S. dollar is the reserve currency of choice by many countries because it's backed up because of the petrodollar. By the by right? petro, yeah. So mm -hmm. what yeah. happens when Russia says, okay, you know what? U.S., you've banned that. Guess what? Rest of, hey, China, we're not taking yeah, dollars no. for our oil anymore. You're going to be buying rubles. Or maybe they work out a deal and the digital yuan becomes uh, the, the, the base mm -hmm. currency for oil and energy trade between Russia and China. And so then India comes along and says, well, that's where we get most of ours. So we got to do that. And then when Eastern Europe wants natural gas still from Russia, Russia says, oh, guess what? You can't buy this from us in, in dollars anymore or euros. You need to be buying this in, in rubles or you need to be buying this in the yuan, whatever it is that is their currency. And How all about of a Bitcoin? sudden, come on. Yeah, well, there's there's that, right? I mean, we could talk about that. There's a crypto option that alleviates all of this, but the world's just not quite ready for it yet. But I don't. But, yeah, I agree. But but imagine that. So now we get this severing <laughs> where um, Western Europe and the U.S. North America, I should say, Western Europe, North America, are on a current. Um, reserve structure, which is dominated by the euro and the, and the dollar. And then we have a separate economy that's Asia pack of China, Russia, and India mm -hmm. that is dominated by a uh, problem. I'm going to say the digital yuan, but a separate reserve currency that's driving all of their markets. And all of a sudden we have two 
completely separate. It could even get more separated than that. Europe could function entirely. The euro comes on its own as a true functioning reserve currency for the EU. The U.S. Right. is just but, the strength of the I dollar. Thought, I thought it was going that route. Uh, you know, like what it was about maybe 10 years ago, I thought the euro was really because the euro outweighed the uh, the American dollar. Yeah. And when uh, my wife and I went to Ireland back in 2010 and the euro was actually higher, you know, had a higher value than the American dollar. So we got less for our money at the time, although we got, we got a great <laughs> trip price. I can't complain about that. But being there in, you know, in. Yeah in Ireland and having to transfer your money over, you know, uh, through the currency exchange, uh, I, I, you know, we really, it was about, so I can't remember how this works, but like for every Euro that we had, it was like a 20 cent difference or, you know, like right now it's a 10, we're in the hole by 20 cents or so. So now, it's a ten cent difference. The euro right now it's a dollar ten. American dollar. Yes, right now it's a dollar okay. ten USD to the euro. Um, the pound is about a buck thirty. So, right. but but even though we're the to say that those currencies look strong against the dollar, the truth is all of those uh, uh, federal central banks that they're they hold U.S. Treasury. Right. It's all all of their economies are supported on used treasury bonds. They're buying U.S. debt and that mm-hmm. carries their 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 valuation on the currency. Whereas Russia, apparently for the last pretty much since like 2014, 2015, has been unloading all of their U.S. debt. They've been unloading all of their treasury bonds, have almost none. They've been buying gold. Russia is almost for all intents and purposes other than. Um, actually, you know, other than on paper, they've gone back to a gold standard. That's what's carrying them. Right. Now, I'm sure they have uh, uh, Chinese debt and other things that are also carrying there. But, you know, this goes into what these reserve currencies are. And if we go through and we do something like try and uh, uh, capture their SDRs, which is that, um, oh, what's that called? It's a, it's a particular rate. An SDR is worth like, I forget what it is. $30,000 or something like that. But that's that uh, bank of, of international settlements. And these are mm-hmm. these are big denominations of money that really back um, countries. Uh, if, if, we're, if we're just trying to threaten those, then Russia is going to completely want to decouple. And I, I think maybe that's the true intention with all of this, to slow roll into Ukraine. Um, and just allow for the West to come in with sanctions, to do this PR push, to, to do all of this versus just having gone into Ukraine and been done in a week, um, is, is giving the incentive that rather than Russia pulling the trigger and having this internal issue of going through the, 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 the headache, the struggle, the financial struggle of their market crashing until they restructured and decoupled from the West. Instead, the West is decoupling for them. They can now blame the EU. They can blame the U.S. for having destroyed their economy. They can now rebuild and restructure 
and completely separate from the West, strengthen economic alliances uh, with China, with India, with the BRIC countries, Brazil, um, South Africa, probably others in South America, certainly the Middle East, uh, Saudi Arabia, the UAE, and de-dollarize that whole region. And it looks like the U.S.'s fault because they gave the incentive. And at that point, then the, the, the local population goes, this is great because, yes, look what the West did to us. That's why you would create a protracted scenario that gives that has given the West any time to do these sanctions. Um, hmm. Now, I'm beginning to wonder if it's not because, you know, countries like China, countries like Russia, they're not interested in someone like Klaus Schwab and the World Economic <laughs> Forum, right? Telling so them. I was, I was gonna go. I was gonna go in this, this yeah, direction a little bit. You see, there's, they have no interest in the Davos crowd telling them how to run their countries. And how right, to control the people. They're going to control so, the people. Right. So with the fact that, you know, the U.S. is all on board with Build Back Better, uh, the uh, uh, World, World Economic Forum, the Davos crowd, all that, the U.N. 2030, Agenda 2030, all that stuff has been completely bought in by most of EU. Uh, I think I, part of me says that, hey, the the West and the Middle East or, or the East, uh, Asia and the Middle East have said, all right, we got to get away from this. We're done with this. We're not associated with it. And we need to find a way to decouple. What better way than to cause a conflict that allows you to uh, get detached, blame somebody else, and restructure your economy and do it your way? So, all right, I got it. <laughs> so we, we've, we've covered a lot of really uh, good topics, current current topics. But I feel like we could be going down the road of your uh, your usual. That's fare true. That's true. I'm sorry. Podcast. I'm sorry. No, that's a, no, 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 I, no, no. That's I, I want that. I would. I want. I want to talk <laughs> about that stuff. Now I, I don't know. Not not tonight because we need to. We we need to do this again. But we need to talk about some of these some of the the ideas that are behind the scenes that that we may not be ex not everybody's exposed to. I, I, I would love to go down that road, but we need to do it at a separate show because there's way too much to cover. You're right. And, and I, I guess the over, the overwhelming theme I have is here mm -hmm. is in a, in a war of propaganda and we're trying to follow the news for all this stuff. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Everybody gets very patriotic for whatever side they're on. Right. Um, uh, in this case, the West has gotten, they've chosen what they determine is the underdog. Um, Russia has chosen their stance, right? Russia has their hill to die on, and Ukraine has their hill to die on, and the spectators have decided who to cheer for. Um, and I, I, I'm not trying to diminish that. I don't want to sound horrible on this. I'm not. It's not just that it's, but from the media's perspective, it's a spectator sport, and the fact that the uh, uh, this this game with things like the Polish jets. And the fact that no one actually wants to act on it, right there's the argument, this is a spectator sport for the West. And the question is why? And I'm, I'm very concerned with, I had listed out, my concern is escalation. Mm -hmm. You know, 
I wish I wish Russia hadn't invaded in the first place. There was other ways to argue, at least to try uh, to uh, to fight for the the independence of these new republics that they're recognizing. Fine, right. But the fact that they did and um, have tried to keep it a a, a de-escalated conflict. Um, and and they're egging everything that's happening is just pushing towards this escalation. And that's what concerns me with this. You know, we've got the nuclear plants. Everybody is playing up the nuclear plants, even though they're just areas of occupation. But it's it's as though, right, the, the spin given is that they're going to be weaponized. Like Russia wants to go and just suddenly blow up Chernobyl. Um, and that, just- I, yeah. I, that, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's not a very strong, uh, theory in my opinion that yeah. any, that they would want to do that. No, they want the power. They want the power. They don't want to destroy the power. They want to own the power yeah. and, and not, not necessarily Chernobyl, but the, uh, the other one that has even a longer name that's hard to pronounce the, the right. largest one, right. they, they didn't, they weren't taking that over to destroy it. They want, they want to own that power. They want to have a little bit more in their court than the rest of, of them, what they did before. That's all it is. They're, they're going to have more than what they did before. They're going to have more, more control over the energy, uh, that is being sent out in most of Europe over there. I mean, that, that could well, be a huge impact that, on them for that. And that's the question. That's the stance. And that's what most people is Russia truly trying to occupy, to reoccupy Ukraine? Are they trying to establish a puppet government, you know, because mm-hmm. they didn't like the fact that the the CIA, uh, the, the, the West put in their own puppet government um, in Ukraine, you know, and, and so Russia wants to reoccupy Ukraine. Uh, sure, c- certainly. But Russia occupying Ukraine doesn't give them the buffer zone. It gives them a new area to defend, and now mm-hmm. they're right next door to Poland. All that mm-hmm. does is escalate. So either they want Ukraine and they're truly staging for European invasion, or right. they actually you, want a neutral I'm, Ukraine. And you and I talked about this last time too. Towards the end of the show, uh, we both kind of agreed that that, um, and this was at the time. We always have to we have to, yeah. we have to give that disclaimer. At the time, we both kind of thought oh, there's no way he would ever consider going into Poland. I mean, that's that's you know now you're now you're infringing on NATO. You're attacking NATO territory. Yeah, and now that changes the game altogether. And we were both at that time saying, ah, that you know, if he would never go that far starting to wonder if he might but over the last week and a half that since we talked i tell you i've been on uh an emotional roller coaster or not emotional but uh, a thought process roller coaster of whether we're going to be in a nuclear war in the next couple weeks or not you know i I really there's a few days there i'm like going wow they this could really happen like maybe not yeah a full-on uh full scale but somebody's really close to having their finger finger on the trigger. And that was freaking me out for a few days. I've kind of come down off that ledge. I, I think I've kind of fucked myself <laughs> up. But, you know, but, again, uh, I, yeah. I, 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 
it's funny because I did. I just had this conversation with with a, a, a coworker today. Same sentiment, same concern, mm. legitimate, valid. And I was sitting there. It's not like I had thought of this beforehand. As we were talking, I came up with, I, I thought of this parallel. You know, the the truth was in the in the nineteen eighties. Okay. Um, Either side, it, it depended on where people sat in the aisle politically in the U.S. or between Russia. You know, it was either that Russia was ready for all-out nuclear war, you know, the time had come, or that it was crazy Reagan that was going to push the button, right? This goes back to the, you, you know, Genesis song. It, I mean, right, the, the video. Right. Land of confusion. Yep. Yes. It, it was – everybody was certain those two men – Gorbachev and or, or Reagan was going to start the nuclear war. The reality was neither of them, wanted, both of them were working very hard to end the Cold War. Gorbachev wanted to end the Cold War, but he firmly believed in communism, could not figure out how the Soviet model wasn't working and wanted it to work. So they just, and, and, and for us, we knew that that the the the, the democratic and uh, capitalist model would, at the very least, outlast and outspend them, right? So mm-hmm. that was the first. But but Gorbachev and and Reagan, neither of them wanted to hit the button. But the concern, the media play was that these two crazy men were one of them was going to take out the other and cause. Uh, you know, the nuclear holocaust. And so I think in this scenario, yesterday they started putting out news or the day before that um, uh, Putin is, you know, is the wounded tiger or wounded animal, that he's got stomach cancer, that he's on his death. He's got, that's why he's. I've heard, (laughs) I've heard a couple of those theories too. Yeah. What better way to scare the population than to say, Oh, because somebody noticed that his cheeks are a little puffy, that somehow he's dying of cancer. And so therefore he's got nothing to lose. And so he's the wounded animal that is unpredictable and will do anything. You don't need any evidence. You don't need to have any indication that he's going to do anything. But now he's just crazy enough to do it. Um, and so we get back into that and I'm, I'm going, you know, why? Why? The only people that right now are trying to put Poland in a position to be invaded by Russia is NATO and the U.S. We're the ones telling Poland, hey, just send planes to Ukraine. Just sit, go ahead. Please, 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 please send your MiGs to the Ukraine Air Force, to the government. And we've got your back until we don't. And Poland's going, no, you do it. And we, no, you do it. No, you do it. Yeah. <laughs> Let Mikey try it. He likes yes. everything. Meanwhile. Michael eat it. <laughs> yes. Meanwhile, Putin's sitting back there laughing, saying, just don't do it. And we look like, you, you know, this, it just, that's what I can't wrap my head around. The escalation and I know Russia, there's parts of, of the attack within Ukraine that are escalating. You know, mm-hmm. they did scale up their attacks. They did right. start advancing harder. 
taking and occupying nuclear facilities, nuclear areas, even if they're not intending on doing anything with them other than take them out of the hands of Ukraine. Right. Um, that, that the optics on that look es- like an escalation. But all the rest of this stuff is, is escalation of an economic type or a diplomatic type that's coming from the West. And so I, I don't know who wants the nuclear war, but it didn't seem like Russia did when they invaded. Uh, and I, I certainly doubt much of Eastern Europe does because they're right there. So let me, let me throw this out here. And, uh, you know, Trump said something about Putin. You know, he said that he's savvy and what is it? Savvy, a smart and savvy guy, you know, like, yeah, like, like he was, he was giving him respect for not being a stupid person. And people that get to this level of uh, power, whether it's, you know, of the hundred, what is it, 170-ish countries around the world, people don't get to that level of power by being stupid. Okay, no matter who, no matter what country it is, the leader of that country had to had to have some kind of uh, higher intelligence to to get themselves into that position. Okay. I, I really, I, you know, you have the panic brain set mindset of, of nuclear war and this cold war, but I, I, I really think that they're all smarter than that, that if one person launches, it's game over. This it isn't is. just a one, this is not just one and done. It's, it's, it's complete annihilation. It, it, that's the way I see it. it. I can't see it being, uh, you know, uh, two or three bombs here and there. Yeah. No, you push the button. You're, you know, Russia pushed the button. They're launching 800 missiles at a time. You know, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not just, oh, let's just take out one target. I'm sorry. If it gets to the point of people actually pulling that literal trigger. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be way. Ooh, I mean, it could. And most of us won't even know what happened. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like we I talked mean, about it, last it time. It can happen so fast. I, it's can be I, over like that. We, we've spun up these countries so much. It's one thing that the public, private companies and, and stuff like that are uh, canceling Netflix subscriptions for Russians. Okay. How about yes. we talk about McDonald's? How about yeah, McDonald's? McDonald's. <laughs> That's economic warfare. Over 800 locations shut down. Now, is that hurting... Is that hurting uh, Putin or is that no. hurting? No, no yeah. it's hurting. It's hurting all the people that actually had jobs that worked at those McDonald's. Yeah, it's, now, it's hurting the another... Russian man yeah. that I, I talked about on <laughs> right. YouTube, right. who's got right. who's got kids to feed, and yeah. and McDonald's is a low cost option, right? Right. So, um, and and you're right. I mean, Putin's been running Russia for 30 years in some form or fashion. He's right? at 30 now. I know 30 it was years. Over 20. I didn't He was president, and then he stepped back, and he was a a, a prime minister background, and uh, and then he stepped back in. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, he's had ample time if he was going to blow up the world to blow it up. Now, if he has just snapped, I mean. 
the U.S. has an aging president that doesn't seem to make correct decisions. But he's got 40, a 40-year history of making bad decisions. So, um, you know, it, it, it's not a surprise. That's good. And, and so That's good. Putin, Putin hasn't done anything in his 30 years that indicate that he's a loose cannon. He really hasn't. No. I, unless you believe the meme of him, like, riding a bear in the forest. Uh, sure. Yeah, no. <laughs> Um, no, Trump. Trump was way more of a loose cannon than anybody we've yeah. ever had. And I think. I think that's what kept other countries kind of at bay yeah. during his term. Uh, and it seems like. I mean, maybe that's just a narrative that's being played by the conservative side of you know, and Fox News and and whatever. They're, you know, they're kind of playing it that that if Trump was still in office, this still wouldn't be happening. I don't know if that's true or not. No, to me, the neocons right now want war just as bad. I, so, like, the left doesn't know what it means to have a war. They, they want this war. They want military conflict because, because people are getting hurt. And it's just, it's, they want to cancel culture, right? It's, it's an emotional out, outburst, outlash. Mm -hmm. Well, that person's getting hurt. So I'm going to go stop you. That's, they don't, you know, that, those folks have no idea what it means to escalate. Um, when then then on the right we've got this contention of this neocon front that just I, I mean what was it uh, um, who was it that that uh, came out and said Putin needs to be assassinated or oh Lindsey Graham yeah yeah I, and then, just and then you know how, Hannity was Hannity was kind of right there behind him like yes. repeating what he was saying now he was just repeating what he was saying. But he seemed to support that idea. And I, I, when I heard that news, I about flipped out. I'm like, that is that is a very dangerous thing to say. Okay, if you're a politician in that at that level of influence in the United States, uh, you know, you've got you have a responsibility to to keep certain things in your, you know, yeah. You know, you, you don't you don't just show them your cards. You don't just say, "Hey, look, we're gonna," you know, we support somebody assassinating the this, uh, you know, Putin. I'm like, dude, what are you what are you thinking? Saying that on in a press conference, you're out of your freaking mind. Yeah, like, uh, when that es you know, we've seen what that does. That es to when you're escalating the uh, the emotional response of mm -hmm. of your of civilians. That means people are running around uh, pouring out vodka because they're fighting Russia. Right. Okay. Right. But what or happens changing when, the name from a, a Moscow mule to a Ukraine mule? Or yeah. Whatever. But what happens when you've spun up one of the uh, smaller nuclear powers around the globe that doesn't have 15,000 nuclear weapons? They've got 15 and they decide mm -hmm. they need to do their part by launching one to Moscow. Oh, okay. That's yeah, what now, I'm concerned. Now, cons now it's us. No, no. Now, now that's our fault. Yeah, we're the ones I, that pulled the trigger. I'm not because concerned. because that's what Lindsey Graham said. You know, when you say you assassinate the pre you know, the president, or whatever, whoever it is, uh, they're talking about. But if that happens, if if an attack like that does happen, even an assassination of Putin at this time, it would be automatically blamed on us. Because because somebody in our somebody very high in our government said something about it, and that that's where I thought it was the most dangerous 
territory to go, really. You, know, you don't need to worry about the, the gun enthusiast that owns 40 or 50 various weapons mm-hmm. and has a, a, a cache <laughs> of ammo, right? They enjoy it. It's hobby. It's collection. It's, it's peace of mind. It's security. You have to worry about the guy that has one good hunting rifle and a single box of ammo and a grudge. He doesn't, you know, he's not out to just collect. It's not entertaining. It's, it's one, there's, there's a motive. I'm worried about the countries that have a nuke. Now, all that being said, most countries do not have the means to launch nuclear weapons. Right. Okay. And even the U S and the Russian capability with all of our numbers we don't have the ability to launch most of our nukes. But like you said, you just have to launch a few. I mean, it, in the U.S., if they wanted to launch a... Because these aren't, right? These aren't uh, uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. No, this isn't no, no, Batman no. and Little Boy. These are bombs no. that that will flatten. Way, the way U.S., bigger. you don't have to point to too many cities. You can point to Washington, to L.A., to Chicago, to New York, pick your pick a few in the South, maybe, and mm. you have completely flattened our economy. Well, and, I mean, you and I, just just you and I, where we are, I, I mean, I'm close enough to an Air Force base where maybe 30 miles. So we'd probably pretty much be vaporized. Uh, yeah. Maybe not vaporized, but we'd be, we, I, there was no way we would survive a blast near where i live it's just it's just not possible and you as well you live near a larger city there's there's certain uh military outposts or uh, military not outposts you know what i'm saying yeah uh, i'm close locations. enough to houston that um where i work and then and then living in san antonio i'm in san antonio mm-hmm. shoot there's five military installations <laughs> in san antonio yep And of course, most of them are just medical facilities and supply points and all that stuff. It doesn't matter. There are five major military installations in the area. That's a target. Yeah, you're toast. And and yeah. So, I mean, that's that's it. So, I used to live live in Southern California, right down the street from uh, Long Beach. Uh, you know, I, I lived in Huntington Beach. I, I was right there by Long Beach Naval, uh, place. And then there were, there were, uh, dude, there were these bunkers in Los Alamitos that were, they just a huge, like acreage and acreage of, of, it's like an ammo depot. It was great. So uh, right away, you know, you live in Huntington Beach. Boom. Yeah. Blip of but, a second. So, so it's about, I think, you know, I think it's a concern. Um, but I do not think, I do not think there, that that's, I don't think that that's the intention. I really don't. No, I, I, and, and, and I think the ahead. hopeful side of me, the, 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 the more positive side of me wants to believe that nobody's going to go that route. I want to believe that there's, I, you know, those little moments of doubt, but I really, I want to believe that, that we're smarter than that as a human race. Although if you watch Idiocracy, we're heading right down that oh, I can't trail stand the too. Movie. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, it's I, a great movie. I've tried to start it like five <laughs> times and I get about 30 minutes in and I'm like, I can't. 
I don't. Yeah, I do not want to accept that this is even a possibility for the future. So I can't stand watching it. Um, I tell you what, though, and I know this this will get conspiratorial, but this is also movie reference. I, so you'll mm-hmm. you appreciate this, right? I was wondering today with something with the news that just broke. I thought, you know, I wonder if any like henchman or intern working for Spectre ever like noticed one day that they thought they were doing great things. You know, they thought they were, they were changing the world and found out one day that they were working for the bad guys and realized that they were the bad guys. And here's why Russia comes out today and says, Hey, us, we found your biological and chemical weapons manufacturing (laughs) facility. We find your bio labs. You may be violating the 1972 treaty. You know what the U.S. response was? It wasn't, no, that's nothing. The response from the the public affairs uh, secretary for the State Department was, um, well, yeah, we do operate 26 labs, biolabs, in Ukraine, 26 out of the 336 around the country. And more importantly, um, uh, says that we're concerned that this research and this material will come under control of Russia. These guys aren't just working. These guys aren't just doing vaccine research to fight COVID. These guys, you know, I don't know if this is one of those BSL-4 facilities, but it this is one of those facilities. Russia found something that they felt confident coming out and calling us out on it. And it, it's so blatant that the U.S. is going, um, well, yeah, maybe, but you can't have any of it. Is that the whole reason that the U.S. has gotten so bent out of shape about Ukraine? Yeah. We, we, we weren't that concerned with Yemen. We're not concerned with other countries. No one did anything with Georgia. Like you said, most of the world didn't. There was some pomp and circumstance to make sure people were outraged. Right. But but this has – you'd think think Russia invaded all of Europe three weeks ago. ago. And and they are – you know, you're you're getting comparisons in in the – from the get-go, from like the first day or two. This is the largest – Largest military invasion since World War II, you know, in 70 plus years. And they were really glorifying that, uh, that idea that this was the biggest thing. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I don't even know. I, this, this is, we're going down a rabbit hole. (laughs) I I know. And And, and and that's the problem. Yeah, you can't stop. These rabbit holes, and again, I, I, I'm, I've done this to a couple of people, and I'm, I'm not, try, I'm not trying to turn it. I'm, I'm not handing out tinfoil hats to everybody, right? But I'm not trying yeah. to do that. It's that constantly as this has gone on, and we're seeing economic shift, we're seeing these weird uh, diplomatic actions or a-diplomatic mm-hmm. actions you know, Mm -hmm. anti-diplomatic actions. We're hearing this news coming out. And the truth is no good news is coming from 
anywhere. Um, no. I'm beginning to wonder what's actually happening. I'm not trying to shape a conspiratorial <laughs> narrative that's too overarching. I'm trying to find what the heck sheds any light on this scenario. And this today, I mean, that was like the news came out like an hour before we started recording. I was wondering if you were going to go down that because I saw something about the biological uh, stuff. I uh, Was it earlier this morning I heard bits and pieces about the biological or the uh, the the labs that they're that they have over there and and then they said well maybe it's not true we're not sure and uh, now you know I'm you've got a little bit more information now yeah i'm gonna <laughs> link in the show notes this uh, uh glenn greenwald article his Substack okay. article that talks about this um that that explains the conversation had between the uh this uh uh, Victoria Newland, who's the uh, Secretary uh, of State Public Affairs, and uh, Senator Rubio, in which the, oh right, I, yes. I heard that bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. in which you yeah, know, that, Rubio expected meeting. them to be saying, "No, Russians are lying." Rubio is a, a, a current neocon that just <laughs> is all about we we should be fighting, we should be escalating this because Russia's bad, um, and. Uh, and, and I'm not going to blame him. That's it's, that. There's that's a consistent voice in Washington, you know. Um, I, I I I guess some of these guys haven't seen it. You know, I some of my perspective, and I think I said this last time. I've I've really started leaning pretty anti-war. I'm, I'm pretty libertarian in that bent, and I never had mm-hmm. been before. But you know, I worked in in Iraq. I've worked in Afghanistan. You know, I. I saw what a, a bombed out, destroyed downtown Baghdad looks like. Um, it was already crap because the bath party ruined it. And yeah. we only made it worse. And then we left it worse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I saw... We kind of have st- a tendency to do that. We, we, do, we, we, we've done that a few times. Yeah, where we, we have a tendency to do worse. that. You know, it was... Um, we, we, we spent a lot of time in Afghanistan just to uh, make sure that it was more equipped with military uh, uh, equipment so that when we hand it right back over to the Taliban, they just have more stuff. Um, these things, you know, this, it's, this isn't pretty and people aren't getting that. And they don't, they don't, I know wh- wherever there has been actual combat in, in Ukraine, it is not pretty. It's a bombed, you know, it's going to have, destroyed cities and it's it, it's going to look like these little dystopian movie scenes um, yeah. and I don't know why anyone would want to bring that to their back door yeah I don't know either man you I know, don't I, know I'll, I'll, <laughs> go on you I want I want to be doing episodes on like ghost hunts and talking about aliens <laughs> Those are the that'll be fun. That's those fun. are the shows I want to be doing. I've got a whole long list of great stuff to talk about. You know, you know, it, that's that's what I want to do in my show. But mm. it's a disservice when there's issues like this that mean you can't. The rest of it's just escapism. If you can't sit right. down and really think about this stuff occasionally, maybe not twenty four seven. Yeah, it gets unhealthy. 
It yeah. gets, it gets, it's stress, it's stress on your mind, which is not healthy for you overall. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, th- and that's why I, I, I enjoy talking about it. I want, I, you know, I was all for having us talk again because I, I needed to one spew all this out, get a sensible perspective. <laughs> uh, because yes, I've been just following this and I do, you know, I find myself f- tracking down those rabbit holes into dark places. And I have to remind myself that sometimes it's just that bad things are happening, not that they were orchestrated. Uh, But how long before you start saying enough of the bad things happen that it's not a coincidence anymore? Or it doesn't work out. And, you know, I'd like to start seeing real news come out of Ukraine. And um, I'd like to see actual conversation happening at the uh, negotiating table. And it would be really nice if people stopped talking about escalating this thing into nuclear war. It would be great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We just need to all keep buying more Bitcoin. (laughs) It did go up, by the way. (laughs) I checked my... I checked my account. It went up uh, a fairly decent amount. So uh, I, I felt a little better about it a little bit. Yes. So, you know what? We, although we, I, I'm I'm a little concerned about what Biden's executive order that just came out yesterday, I believe it was, that now was they, a, can, they can you, we need to, watch We need to have a conversation entirely about crypto. <laughs> okay. The, the executive order, I think, was – I'm not a nothing burger, um, mm-hmm. but I think it has some positives and negatives. And – um, I think it's going to be interesting the way things are headed, but, um, yeah, with crypto, but it, the good news is I, is they're seeing that, uh, again, that there's a, a new economy coming and maybe instead of just trying to fight it, China, China tried to ban Bitcoin, like, I don't know, a, a dozen times, um, over the last five years and right. it doesn't work. So the, the, there are the certain right people that have the ear of Washington saying, stop, stop trying to fight it instead, work with it. So, uh, right. that we'll see. I, I know, uh, I know okay. Russians, Russians are looking pretty, uh, positively towards it. Um, and maybe other people are looking at it going, you know, the fact that, uh, I, I think, those in North America that said, Hey, we just had one country close out uh, accounts and, you know, freeze bank accounts. Yeah. And now, now people are trying to do it to whole other countries that want to be canceled. Yeah. Maybe it's time for some alternatives. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's that, that crypto that, that, that has, like you said, we could do a, a show just on that because there's some, you can look, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> biblical. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like we can go down the biblical route as far as cryptocurrency goes, right? Like yeah. if we wanted I I'm telling you, dude, I'm I'm right on I'm on the same track as you. I have these I have all these thoughts that I would love to go down the rabbit hole, but I need to try to keep myself straight on on some of the stuff that we really have more information on. But I I my mind goes down these different, you know. 
Uh, do you remember Bill and Ted's uh, not excellent adventure, but bogus the journey? Bogus journey. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when when they went to hell and they had all those hallways. Yes. You know, in there, they're like they're like finding all these rooms. That's my brain most of the time. I'm running down these hallways and I open up all these rooms and I'm I'm thinking of of all this different stuff, especially with so many different things that are happening in the world. You can get go off on so many different angles from each topic within you know topics within the topic that you're going down it's it's just it's it's endless but i love i it's it's fascinating to me i don't want to say i love it but it's just very it it's it's very it's uh it's stimulating to the brain to yeah. think outside the box and i know you don't want to get too wrapped up in it because then you're considered a lunatic or something i don't know uh. No, you know what look, I, mean? I, I even made an outline to try and keep myself on track, but it is yeah. too Did much to cover. Um, Did it work? Which means, which means bringing you back on, and okay. we've got to discuss this. This is going to be something that we can talk about going forward in the future, and I, I, I realized that when the oil ban, the announcement of the oil ban, mm. that that the. the Administration also announced a 45-day sunsetting period for a full effect of the ban in order to, mm. I guess, complete existing and in-process sales and transactions, okay. which means we that have no sense. interest in this conflict ending anytime soon. We're already saying right. it's going to be 45 days out, even though they're at the negotiating table right now. So we're going to make right. sure that, that that doesn't end. And then we want to make sure the band has some sort of effect. So, um, so this is going to be protracted. The West is going to make this protracted. Zelensky is going to because he doesn't have to give up because he keeps getting the, you know, it's, it's it, this, uh, the gamer thing, right? He keeps, someone keeps handing him health potions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise the fight would have already been over, but he's, he, <laughs> Ukraine gets to, and I don't want to see Ukraine crushed. The problem is, instead of, instead of losing a fight quickly, the way they would have lost it against Russia. Hold on, my my internet's telling me I'm gonna have a problem here. Okay, Stand by. We, hold on. Well, maybe we just wrap up and we carry this later. Okay, I'm up. Yeah, I'm afraid to lose. I'm afraid to lose it because I know last time it, we kind of yes. lost. Now it's gone now, but we should wrap up anyway. We it's should. I, I've trapped two hours. Two hours, but <laughs> no, um, dude, it's been great. I need. I need this too. You know, this is therapy for me to be able to talk about this with somebody that that I can bounce my ideas off, and you can bounce your ideas off me, and I can interact with that. I need that because I don't have a lot of uh, interaction here. Uh, with other local friends, you know, I, I don't have the, I just don't have the right connections to have this kind of cerebral, uh, discussion, you know? So anyway, I appreciate that. That that's wonderful. That's what, that's why I love being, you know, have been invited on a second time and, and, you know, uh, maybe a couple more down the road here as, as things develop. So I, well, we're I appreciate keep it. Up and, and again, you know, for those, Listening that that may not have listened before, one go back and listen to the last episode with Scott and I talking about uh, about specific <laughs> things, and that was even more tangent ridden. But yeah, uh, also I, and I made some major mistakes. I I actually I, I caught it when I went back and you know check check the audio and listen to it again. I actually caught myself. I said that uh, Poland used to be. 
part of the USSR. Oh, like in the last in the last you know seventy years or whatever. It, it wasn't. It was you know it was right. not part of that. It was its own country well before that. I mean, so anyway, <laughs> like yeah. I caught little mistakes like that. Just little little. Well, there was yeah, there was. Yeah. I mean, that was the thing. We were. I mean, this is stuff that no one was talking about a month ago. A right. month ago, nobody could find Ukraine on the map. And now, <laughs> and now it's the most important thing in the world. Yep. The people of Ukraine are absolutely important and their lives yeah. are valuable. And, absolutely. you know, people's sovereignty, the same with everybody that's scared and at risk over in Eastern Europe, the same with those in the, the, the civilian population in Russia that are questioning why their government had dragged them into a conflict that they may or may not support. Right. But that being said, it's not a conflict that the rest of the world was at all aware of or interested in. Even though it was there, it was brewing. It's not something that the, the reaction and what's going on right now should not be the sensible reaction. Of course, I'm saying that as though the last, like, two years in the States, anything that's happened has had a sensible reaction. Right. I, I'm wrong. You know, I, <laughs> right, right. right? It, 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 as, far as, the media, as far as the media is concerned, we have an, we had a, a giant insurgency at the, at the uh, Capitol building. We, you know, riots in the streets are perfectly peaceful protests. Um, and, uh, uh, and parents that don't like curriculums in a school or are, domestic terrorists. I mean, right. none of that makes sense. So I don't know why I'm so worried about why the news narrative is so off on Ukraine and Russia. It sh it should be par for the course. It should make perfect sense. Yeah, the it does. The, the only thing is this, the impact of this situation has that, that little fear of nuclear war in the back of it, that, that, uh, you know, our, our society and stuff may crumble from, from the riots and certain situations that happen more locally or, you know, problems caused by COVID arguments, masking, no masking, vaccine, no vaccine. You know, this is, this is a much bigger picture than that. Uh, Cause you're talking about when you, when you think about that nuclear, that nuclear threat, it's wiping out humanity altogether. So, okay. Well, uh, listeners, thanks Ryan, for joining us. Thanks again. Yeah, Scott, absolutely. I appreciate it. We're gonna we're gonna get you back on. And also okay. for more discussion, remember Scott is uh also co-hosting the America Today podcast. That link will be down in the show notes. Uh go listen to that. Um and uh you know for more of this insight and wonderful tangents that he brings <laughs> to the conversations. Um no, I've listened, I enjoyed it. Um Thank you. and uh you know that that's that's where we're going. I, this is what we need. This is cathartic for both of us. So, yes. uh, you know, I appreciate having you on. Um, and uh, let's do it again. Absolutely. Uh, we'll, we'll be in touch over the next few days, I'm sure, as everything develops. So we'll figure out maybe next week sometime to uh, sit down and chat again. So, yeah. Anyway, okay. I, I will be record. I'll be, I'll be recording another show on Saturday for the America Today, Today podcast. And they usually release it. Nathan usually releases it either that afternoon or the next day. So we'll have a new episode up on that. But thanks again for, and thanks for letting me promote that show and all that. We have a lot of fun. It's two, two of my nephews and another friend 
of theirs that we have just we just talk about a lot of the similar stuff but it's coming from different angles first of all they're all young so anyway um awesome thanks again everybody go and listen to more of his of ryan's shows because conspiracy theology it's hard to say sometimes uh but yeah it's he's got a lot of great great shows out there so go he's very insightful and he does his research that's why that's one of the things that i really appreciate about your show the most is you you really go in and you do your research so you bring a lot of thought to it all right appreciate it all right all right cool we'll talk talk later okay we will talk soon all right good night night all right i think that covers it all so we will say that that's it for today Thanks so much for joining me. Click that follow or subscribe button so that you do not miss the discussion. Of course, connect with me via email, contact at conspiracytheoryology.com. If you enjoyed the show, please recommend it to others. There is no higher compliment than to know that you have shared the show with others. All the info can be found at the show website, www.conspiracytheoryology.com. Music is by Adam Henry Garcia. If you'd like to hear more, visit adamhenrygarcia.bandcamp.com. All right, we'll talk again next time. But until then, remember, beyond the conspiracy and behind the belief lies the theoryology. Theoryology.